welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no-bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I am super duper happy to be here today. I mean, I figure any day where I am above ground... (laughs) (laughs) my heart still beating and I'm still breathing is a good one. It's a good day to have some gratitude and to celebrate. So thank you so much for being here with me. I always say, if you can hear the sound of my voice right now, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in and to spend a little time together with me. It's so sweet of you. So I hope your holiday season, whatever you happen to celebrate has been going well and that, um, you know, that, that you're in good health and that you're happy and that you're thriving. And um, yeah, I just, just sending you guys lots of love out there who are listening. So let's dive in. So today's episode, I think I'm going to call this sucker uh, from the scar, S-C-A-R, scar, not the wound, from the scar, not the wound. And it comes to you courtesy of a couple of things that are going on in my life, but it was, um, it was brought back up to my attention um, because of a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine. So if you listen to the episode with the luscious hustle girls, uh, Laura and Betsy Milne, um, I think it was Betsy that actually said this to me. Uh, and she said to me, you know, one of the first times I ever heard you speak, I heard you say, this is her quoting me to me, right? During our interview. So um, I interviewed them for my podcast and then they had me, interviewed me to be on their podcast uh, for the third time, which is very exciting. It's wicked fun. Uh, And that episode's coming out in January, the Luscious Hustle podcast. But anyway, so Betsy said to me, the first time I ever heard you speak, KK, you said something that has always stayed with me. And I was like, oh, really? What did I say? (laughs) Because a lot of times, you guys, you know, when I'm talking or coaching or teaching or speaking, and if somebody asks me to like repeat something, I'm always like, I don't know, man, like I was just in the flow. I was like channeling, you know, it's like something smarter than me took over, took over my, my mouth. Um, but so, but I did remember when she said this, I actually didn't remember saying it exactly this way, but I know exactly what she was talking about. And she said that I said um, that I teach from the scar, not from the wound. So I want to I wanna talk about what I meant when I said that and um, how it might be helpful for you uh, in your life, uh, whether it's in your life, your spiritual, right, in your spiritual transformation work, in your personal transformation work. Uh, or uh, maybe if you are somebody who uh, loves words or somebody who tells stories or uses your voice or posts on social media. (laughs) If you fall into any of these categories, today's episode just might be helpful to you. Um, And so here's where I was coming from when I said that. 
Um, and I'll give you a couple of different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Examples, I guess, is the word I'm, I'm going to say. So when I say that I teach from the scar, not from the wound, uh, I always start, I like to start with an image now. So imagine, imagine if you were somebody who was, um, this sounds awful, but just run, run with me here. Somebody who was on fire, <laughs> a person who is on fire. What can they actually tell me about that experience or what could they tell me that is actually helpful in that moment? Because when you are on fire, you don't really have any words of wisdom at that point to share. When you are on fire and I stuck a mic in front of your face, now roll with me. I know this is a little out there as an example, but just imagine, right? If you're on fire and I'm like, so what's going on? How does this feel? <laughs> All they're going to be screaming is stuff like hot. It's hot. It hurts. It burns. I need help. They're in no position to really give me, right? As a bystander, it's like at that point, they're still on fire. <laughs> they can't actually probably tell me anything um, other than about their own pain and suffering, right? They're, they're in the process of creating the wound, never mind being in the wound, right? Afterwards. So the reason why when I say, like, just hold on to that visual for a second, right? I think what the role of a really good teacher or mentor or coach or a leader or somebody who guides or a visionary or whatever, right? What their role is, is to not report to us from the field while the fire is currently happening. I don't actually have anything valuable to share with my friends and family, my people, my community, my clients, my members, right? Anybody who maybe follows my quote unquote content, right? The people who are going to read my book and we'll get to that next. Um, you know, I can't really be helpful to them until after I've already um, put the fire out, <laughs> got some medical attention, got the salves and the bombs and the neosporin and the bandages or whatever they would use to heal the burns, had some time to think about how the fuck did I catch on fire in the first place? <laughs> and then maybe considered um, what I don't want to do next time. Maybe don't get too close to that flame, right? Or that person with the lighter who hates me and set me on fire or whatever the story was. And then had some time to contemplate, well, what did I learn from this? And being able to take some of that wisdom and moving it from being in my head down into my heart and then having something maybe perhaps intelligent to say about it um, that will then maybe perhaps be valuable or helpful or enlightening or educating or inspiring, fill in the blank to other human beings right? I can't do it from the wound. It is best done from the scar when it is already healed. Now, I know that analogy, well, people think of scars as being like, you know, hard or dense or tissue that is like, you know, um, immovable or um, not, not so great. But I'm actually a person, you know, sometimes people will have scars 
um, and they want to hide them. They're embarrassed by them. But I'm actually fascinated by scars, and I, I love scars in my own way. Not, not, not the awful ways that sometimes people get them, but scars themselves I find fascinating because I think that they um, tell a story in their own way. They are physical reminders of events and situations and things that have happened. Uh, they remind us of our frailty as human beings uh, for our bodies, right? Our bodies, not necessarily who we are as extensions of the divine, but they remind us of our vulnerability and our ability to, um, you know, suffer some physical things, but they also are incredible reminders of the body, AKA also the mind's um, capacity to heal. So I have a different take on scars than maybe some other people who, you know, want to get them fixed, want to get them removed. Some of my favorite actors are people who had scars that I, I think um, made their faces so unique um, and, um, is what gave them character. It's what gave them presence. It was just another layer actually um, to their beauty. And I remember in, in college, um, I had a friend, Joan, who was scarred over. I don't, I don't want to misrepresent because I don't remember the exact number, but I would say, I would say easily, right? At least her face and her hands. Cause I never saw, you know, the rest of her body. Um, but you know, so at least maybe 50% or something like that of her body, she had, she had, um, you know, incre like incredible scarring. And, um, I think my memory serves me correct. It was from a fire or something like that. So her face was all scarred. You can imagine, right. And her hands as well. And the thing about Joan that I loved about Joan is I think that, um, uh, when somebody goes through something like that, when I said that scars give people's faces character, I think it also gave her incredibly deep, a depth of character. And she was somebody that I automatically liked and trusted because I knew she was a person who had been through some things. And the other thing about Joan, I talk about her in the book, actually, um, in my memoir that I'm writing. Um, and she was somebody who uh, gave it to you straight. She was very direct. I think you also learn when something tragic like that happens that uh, you don't have a lot of fucking time to screw around. <laughs> you know, you become aware, you become aware that bad things happen and that, you know, uh, life is not guaranteed. And um, I always, she was also very impeccable. She was impeccable in the way that she dressed and the way that she held herself. And she was a blast and I loved her. But I, whenever I can't talk about scars without thinking about Joan uh, and with deep affection and, uh, and uh, love for her, my old friend. Um, so when, when I talk about this, this concept of we want to teach from the sky, not the wound, because what I see a lot of times is people putting themselves out there, whether it's online, on social media, in coaching, or in storytelling, where the wound is still too fresh, and they haven't gotten to the wisdom pot yet. They're still stuck in the wound. And so their words, their energy, their vibe, their storytelling actually reflects that they're still in the wound and that they haven't had enough time yet to heal. So imagine that, like imagine then, so take that analogy or that story of this person that's on fire. And I'm like, so, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And they're just screaming, fire, fire, hot, hot. And they're wailing and screaming, right? I bet double amen hands, if you can relate where you've seen some sort of a post like that, not that somebody was actually on fire, but something was happening in their life 
And it was like, oh my God, right? Their posts. And I often will say, oh, too soon. This is always me. I always go, oh, too soon, too soon, too soon, right? And I'm not saying that people shouldn't be vulnerable, that people shouldn't share with people, but we're not actually, and, and I'm not saying that every post should be about educating somebody else or helping somebody else. Sometimes people just share shit to connect. But I'm always much more interested in when people have, you know, had the experience come through the other side. I always say, like, I don't want to start, um, you know, helping people until I'm already in the triage tent healed. I always say with a shiny, you know, you know, when people run a marathon, <laughs> people run and I've been to a lot of, I used to work with some of my clientele used to be professional triathletes. Okay. So I've been to, I've been to a lot, a lot of triathlon races, hardcore Ironman ones. I've even been to the Ironman, um, the world's the world Ironman championship in Kona, Hawaii to support uh, one of my friends, Sean Snow. Um, and so I've seen some of the most top elite athletes in the world, like do their thing. Right. So, um, I always think about like at the end of the race is like a triage tent, right? A medical tent. And they usually have like those shiny silver, uh, quote unquote blankets that they put over people to get their body temperature, right. To keep them warm. Right. I'm always like, I'm no good. If I'm still crawling across, if I'm crawling across the finish line and I'm like puking and shitting myself and like bleeding and like, it's like, you're not helpful to anybody yet. It's like, once you've been able to, you know, get the IV drip, get yourself balanced, get the wound healed, then you can start going to help other people. I always say I'm not helpful until I'm healed enough to start taking buckets of water back to put out the fires of other people. But so often we're in a rush to share we're in a rush to get our story out there. We're in a rush to get sympathy or attention, or um, even sometimes I think in a positive way and a desire to connect and say, hey, me too. Sometimes well, people will try to share, but oftentimes they're still in the wound. They're still, I always say, they're still like oozing and bleeding, right? And it's like, oh, we need to bandage that before we open our mouths, right? Before we say anything. And I've seen it also like in, in writers. And so, you know, I am a, a, a gateless, I'm a certified gateless writing instructor and teacher and facilitator of um, the gateless methodology. And um, I have been since, how long has it been? Like eight years, man. It's been, yeah, I think it's been eight years. Um, and so um, I used to run writing salons and do all these things. And, and I do writing workshops and sometimes yoga and writing workshops. I've, I've taught this um, you know, I've been doing yoga and writing workshops since like 2004, bef way before I ever became um, a gateless, a certified gateless teacher. But um, I was always teaching, right? Uh, this process of, of um, not, not, not necessarily teaching people how to write, but creating safe containers for people to write, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, and maybe I'll do it again once um, my book is done. But right now I'm trying to focus on getting my own, my own shit done. <laughs> but um, so one of the things though, I would often encourage people um, when I was doing uh, writing workshops back in the day um, is I would say to them, you know, we want to write, we, how do I say this? We sometimes feel compelled to tell certain stories right? We have these stories that are burning inside of us that we really feel like we want to tell. 
but we can often tell on the page whether or not the writer or the author was actually ready to tell that story. So sometimes if you've ever read something and, um, and we'll see it like as a reader, you know, some of you might've had this experience where you're reading a book and um, you can't actually connect with the character because they're still stuck in victimization and self-pity. And so the language is more just like somebody has a bullhorn where they're screaming, it wasn't fair, it wasn't fair, he's an asshole, they're, they're a jerk, they did this to me, they did that to me. And it actually hasn't come to a place where there's some sort of resolution or even if they're still grappling with the mystery, that's better than just feeling like shouting from the rooftops, you know, uh, I'm on fire. And it can be really hard sometimes to know when you're ready. And, and I've heard other, um, you know, writing, um, famous writers and writing instructors and, and in workshops, many workshops that I've been in and stuff like that, where they said it might not be time yet to tell this story. And especially you guys, if it was something that was incredibly traumatic, uh, where something awful or brutal or violent or devastating um, happened to you or to somebody that you loved, um, sometimes you can tell in the quality of the writing and the tone of the writing or whatever. And so what I'm saying is also, you know, this shows up um, across the board in our lives in some way where it's like, um, you know, people who don't like to be alone, they'll try to hurry up and rush into like a new relationship after a relationship ends. And they're still dragging all of their wounds and all of their emotional baggage from the last marriage or partnership or a situation. And it's just like the, the new person just, it's like, oh my God, they don't even know what they're getting into because that person is still coming from the wound. Uh, they haven't healed enough. They haven't healed enough yet to actually be fully present in the next relationship. And so it's important that we take a look at our lives sometimes and say, hey, um, am I ready yet to talk about this, to share this, to teach from this place? And because one of the things that I see sometimes in entrepreneurship uh, in the online world is I feel like sometimes that there is a a demand, such a demand for constant, constant connection with the outside world and sharing um, really personal stuff through content. And I just don't think it necessarily, and I look, I'm willing, I'm always willing to be the oddball in the room. I'm willing to have the unpopular opinion. You know, I just think that sometimes people need to slow down and really ask themselves, why am I really sharing this? Why am I really sharing this? What am I hoping to quote unquote, get from this? What am I hoping that the, um, whether it's a reaction or a response or whatever is from like, cause if we don't know why we're doing a thing, if we're not cognizant enough, if we're not conscious enough and aware enough, um, to know when we're actually looking for again, sympathy, pity, attention, whatever, versus I'm sharing this because I think it might help somebody else. Um, that they're, that, you know, meaning that it's, it's meaningful. We have been able to, um, to draw some meaning from it, assign like new meaning from it, not from that wounded place, but from that place, again, the scar place or the healed place or the wisdom place where it's like, I'm still standing. I survived. Here's some shit that you might find helpful about what I went through about my experience. 
because otherwise it's just like vomiting. It's like vomiting, you know, like, you know, just all over people. It's just like, whoa, whoa, too much. And a lot of people's nervous systems right now, uh, always, even pre-pandemic, I think people were wound a little like, right? Like a little extra tight. And right now people barely, are barely, they're dog paddling, keeping a lot of people keeping their, uh, trying to keep their heads above water. And so we want to be responsible. You know, we really want to be responsible for what we're putting out into the world, what we're sharing and when and why, and uh, also, also how. And, and that's the thing, like today I was, um, so this past weekend I had a pretty successful writing weekend and I wrote like, um, I don't know, I initially wrote like 3000 words, but then I wrote um, like three or four more pages. So whatever that was. Um, so I wrote, ended up writing like 4,200 words. Or I don't know, something like that. Um, and I was um, sharing it with my, my friend, Sarah, who is um, for lack of a better word, my writing coach. And, um, but basically she just, I, I send the pages, she catches them, she receives them. Uh, she's not, you know, telling me how to write, what to write, what to do. She basically catches and listens and um, supports me. And so I was reading uh, some of the pages that I had written um, to her out loud. Uh, sometimes she'll read them to me, but this week was one of the first time I read them to her. And I was crying <laughs> while I was reading some of the sections, uh, not because I'm still in the wound, but because I was, uh, the scenes, I was so present in the scenes that my, my body could remember what I was feeling at that time, right? I, I'm able, and that's, and that's kind of part of my process when I write is I literally try to put myself in my mind back in that time and place so that I can feel and sense, right? And remember the details around me. But if I just wrote from that place back when I was, you know, 12 or 17 or 21 or 25 or whatever, and I didn't allow the adult me who now actually has some wisdom from what happened to me. So if the whole book was just about like, oh, my mother was murdered and poor me and all these terrible bad things happened to me. And that's all it was like, it would be so overwhelming. It would be so overwhelming for my audience. It would be so overwhelming. Like it would just be like, oh my God, like we just don't get a break. You know, we have to give our viewers, we have, we have to be kind to our audience. We have to be kind to our listeners, to our readers. You know, imagine if I just got on here every week and I just raged into the microphone, like who wants to listen to that? You know what I mean? It's like, not me, unsubscribe, right? No, thank you. No fucking thank you. Take it somewhere else. Uh, I love you, but all set. You know what I mean? So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, so when I was reading it, I was crying because I was remembering the feeling from being back there. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I don't have, I don't stay there. Like, but I, I, I love that I have the capacity to feel that deeply and to remember in that way. And then to also move to the next part where I actually have something valuable to say about it. Hopefully think the book, you know, it remains to be seen what the, what, what the rest of the world thinks when the book finally comes out. Um, but I think all of this is what I'm trying to say, you guys, is that, um, you know, especially if you're a coach, like especially if you're somebody who is leading other people, 
you know, it's just like when people fly off the handle too. Like I think about this, have you ever had a boss or somebody who doesn't know the whole story? Remember how I did that episode on knowing the, knowing the real story? Um, how powerful that is because sometimes we're just operating with not enough information yet. Uh, and sometimes like somebody will like fly off the handle. And then when you say to them, Hey, da, 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 they go like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I misunderstood. It's like, yeah, because you didn't have enough information yet. And sometimes we do that where we start um, spewing our stuff without giving ourselves enough time. We personally have not gathered enough information yet to be able to tell our own story from a place where it's actually, again, helpful or inspiring or valuable or um, connecting to other people. You know, it's, if, it's, if it's too soon, it's no good. I always say, if something is wicked hot, if something is wicked hot in your life, and I would say like, so I'll just make up some scenarios, right? Like if you're writing a scene of being kidnapped or writing a scene of being raped or writing a scene of, um, and, and it might be not even just writing, it could be telling a story or telling whatever, you know? Uh, and that's all that we're doing all the time, P.S., so often in marketing, online, when we share, when we, when we connect with each other. It's like, think about how, how, how so many of your conversations with your best friends, your girlfriends, your mom, whoever starts with, oh my God, so I was at the store and you're not going to believe, right? We're telling stories all the time. We tell them in our mind. We tell them with our mouths, right? We write them, we post them, we share them. Um, and so if, if we're telling them too soon, <laughs> it's not, oy, it's not helpful. So I always say if something really hot, if you're writing about something really hot or speaking about something hot, you've got to be able to tell it cool. You've got to be able to tell it cool and you tell it cool when you're on the other side of it, when you're in the wisdom, when you're in the sky, when, when, when the body, the mind the psyche has had a chance to actually heal. And I just want to also say this, and I might do a whole podcast episode about this, is that don't feel pressured by anybody to tell your story sooner than you are ready to tell it. I think that there's a real push right now for people to, um, and however this next phrase lands with you, I don't know, but uh, this is how it feels, like whoring out your trauma. You do not have to share everything that happens to you with the great general public. It's none of their business. And in fact, I would say a lot of things are actually not hiding out of shame or because they're taboo or you're bad. I'm not talking about that, but not everything is meant for public consumption. There are some things that are meant to be private. There are some things that are meant for you to hold in reverence or sacredness and that you don't wanna just share with everybody who happens to be a quote unquote friend on Facebook or a follower, right? You know what I'm saying? So just know that your stories are yours and whether or not you decide to, to share them, like as me, I'm a storyteller, this is what I do. I love to take things from my life and talk about them, but I don't like to talk about them until, like I said, I've had some time to be with them to integrate them, to process them, to practice them, to come to understand them, right? So I'm not living in like magical thinking or in like wound, uh, you know, like that, that, that seeping, bleeding, gushing wound. It's like, oh God, put a bandaid on that thing, you know? So I just think sometimes, especially in the age of social media, and now when I just think about all the avenues, you know, 
yeah, you know what? It's great. It's great. I guess that there's, you know, different ways for us to connect. And there's like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Clubhouse and Snapchat and this and email. Like there's a thousand ways nowadays to quote unquote, be a content producer, to be a creator. Right? And I'm all for creativity. I am all for creating. I'm all for sharing and teaching, but not from the bloody mess. And I'm not saying that things can't be raw. I'm not saying that things can't be vulnerable, but it's not even, but, and we should be mindful about what we're choosing to share when, how, with who, and what. Sorry, say what, but what is important. <laughs> so I'm okay with saying it twice. So you guys, I hope that this, um, has landed in some way from my hat to your hat. Maybe it gets you to think about some things. Maybe it will be um, a way to consider, you know, what you're going to be sharing or writing out there. And writers out there, man, please, please do tell your stories. Um, and your, your thing might have to go through several drafts in many years. And I think sometimes, you know, when people have asked me like, wow, it's taken you a long time to write this book or people, first of all, I'm like, do you, have you ever tried to write a book? <laughs> and I'm not talking like a, a quick little business book. So you can finally call yourself an author and like a self-help, like quickie dicky dick. I'm not bagging on self-help books. I don't mean it like that. But that's another thing that I see happening a lot in the entrepreneurial world is people just want to bang out these quick books to be able to call themselves an author and be seen as an expert and make a buck and like whatever. And that's, uh, I'm not saying I won't ever maybe write some sort of a book in the entrepreneurial space, but that's not what I'm writing. I'm writing a memoir. I'm writing something that is uh, a little bit different. Um, and so when people say to me, um, you know, it's taking you a long time. And I'm like, yeah, because it's taken me a long time to be able to probably, I, there's many reasons why I think in a lot of ways, the story was still telling itself. Part of it was, um, you know, finally sitting my ass down and making time in my life to do it, uh, which means I had to scale back like what I was doing in my business uh, because I was no longer willing to sacrifice uh, this book at the expense of uh, making money. Uh, and I believe that this book is going to, um, I just, I have so much belief. I have so much belief in this story and in this book. And so um, I'm playing the long game and I'm rolling the dice and I'm going for it. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh, so part of why it's taken me so long, I do believe also uh, the, the story was still telling itself. There were things that needed to be resolved and things that needed to come to completion. Uh, but also I think that um, I needed that time and space to process a lot of the trauma that happened uh, and to be able to extract it in a way where it's gonna be um, something that other people are going to want to read. Um, it, like I said, not coming from the wound, but coming now from the place of, of the wisdom where I've taken it from the personal. And hopefully if I do my job as a writer, it will feel like a universal story where people can read it uh, and recognize themselves and connect with it. And that is, that is my greatest hope. It is always my greatest hope with, with what I'm doing um, as a writer and a speaker and a storyteller is as Tolstoy said, to transfer feeling from one heart to another for other people to recognize themselves and to feel seen and heard and valued and to know that their stories matter too. Um, but it wouldn't be doing a service to anybody 
if I just came onto the page and screamed, screamed for, you know, 250 pages, um, you know, my mother was murdered and it was awful. Like, yeah, that's to be expected. Now what? And right. Like, and right. Uh, so there's a lot more to it. So you guys, my hope always with these episodes with, with the show is to, um, you know, be helpful. I always say to educate, to elevate, to enlighten, to entertain, hopefully in some way, um, to create a sense of relationship and connection with you. And if, if you're a loyal listener, man, just thank you so, so much. If you're somebody who shares this podcast with other people, um, I just appreciate you so much. If you'd be willing to leave a review, if you haven't already a rating on Apple podcasts, that would be amazing. If you just want to share it with somebody, that'd be amazing. And always, I love hearing from you guys. So, you know, you can shoot me a DM or whatever. Um, let me know a little message. Um, if something that I shared in the podcast was, if it landed for you and if you had a favorite takeaway or something like that. And then also I'd be remiss if I didn't add that, um, you know, all of these things that I talk about on this show, this show is like an extension of the work that I do as a spiritual mentor. And, um, you know, the, I guess the kind of the things that we discuss and talk about in my spiritual community and membership, the nest. And I always say, uh, I don't always say, but I think it, and now I'm actually saying it out loud. <laughs> if you're somebody who listens to this show and feels like you get value and benefit from it, I'm like, why aren't you in the nest? Come on over, join that sucker. Uh, I'm going to be opening the doors in January. This is super duper fast, like 48 hour um, doors open and close. And, and there's a reason why I do that. You know, I've often thought about doing on, um, ongoing open enrollment, um, but it's just too much. I'm a one person show, right? I also have my, my beautiful, um, you know, tech, my tech girl, she's a woman. I always say girl, um, Meg, who's amazing. Um, but really that's it. It's me. So I do everything. So, uh, trying to the upkeep on keeping the nest open every single day of the year would just be insane for me. It just wouldn't work. Um, and that's why I do it like um, two big public opens a year. And then I do two smaller, like secret squirrel launches, like on the backside. <laughs> so if you are somebody who wants to get your foot in the door, if you want to come join me and hang out and get some, you know, get some coaching and be a part of an incredible community and do the spiritual work and to dive into some of these things that I talk about on the show all the time. This is your chance. So you just have to get on the waiting list for the nest because you'll be that group is going to be the people on the waiting list are the first ones they're going to find out they're going to be able to get in boom when those doors open. And like I said, it's only going to be like a 48 hour window. So it is uh slash nest N E S T. So you guys, I hope you're out there and that you are also being mindful and present enough to know where there are wounds and that you are attending to them, that you are taking good care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that you are um, being kind and compassionate to yourself and to others because it's like the walking wounded out there right now, P.S., by the way. So we need the people in the world. And this is one of the things I often say to the people in the nest is that the world needs help. Uh, you know, the divine sent you like, you know, we, the world needs help. And the way we help and heal each other is that we do the work. We do the work to become healed. 
so that then we can actually help others. We, we can't help other people. If, we're, if I'm on fire, I can't help the other people that are on fire. I've got to put the fire out first, get some buckets of water, and then go back. That's when I can actually help put out other people and bring them to safety. And I think, again, like in some ways, metaphorically, this is what a good spiritual mentor does. We go first, and then we come back to help. So you guys, I love you. I celebrate you. I see you and I feel you deep in my heart. Thank you so much for being a part of the Karen Kenny Show podcast family. And uh, I hope you have amazing holidays. Remember, wherever you go, leave the people, leave the place, leave the animals, leave the environment better, 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 better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>